Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. Welcome back to the Mystery of Parenthood. Yeah, we do ask again that you would uh, that you would slow down and listen as we do this, particularly as we pray right now. Um, Stephanie's here, and here we go. Good afternoon. In the name of the Father. Oh, I guess it's good morning. Good morning. <laughs> it's good morning. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity. Grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. And grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in and through our families. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love, with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray pray for for us. us. St. John Paul II, pray pray for for us. us. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I guess it's that afternoon coffee. I'm thinking it's <laughs> right. <laughs> it's it should be morning coffee, huh? Right. <laughs> <laughs> afternoon, morning. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we we live a confused life. Yes. <laughs> but um, but hopefully we will not confuse you by by the way we start this. Nice segue. But um, pretty cheesy. But what we what we've done we've done this before. But I think, and I think for us, I mean, we've been parenting for twenty. Coming up on 24 years. And it's always a good idea to go back and kind of touch stuff that has formulated, you know, touch your mission, touch your vision, whether it's a business or a family or just your personal goals in life. And so we've always wanted this show, not only our show, we always wanted to make sure that what we did were built on certain principles that everybody go touch those and how it plays itself out will look different based on, you know, what's going on in the world. I mean, 22 years ago, we couldn't have envisioned the fact that we've all got phones and screens here that are somehow attached and we can pull up anything we want. I mean, 22 years ago, I'm not even sure I had a cell phone. I don't know. I might have. We did. We did. It was a Nokia. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know if they exist anymore. But anyway, um, but I, but I think that it's good to go back and do this. And these were the principles we were asked kind of like, how do we, f- how would you formulate this for somebody to remember? And we came up with this, um, the seven secrets of purposeful parenting. And I mean, critical of that was we have to be purposeful. And part of being purposeful is, is coming to grips with, there are certain principles we need to follow. And then from that, if we keep reminding ourselves of those principles, that will help direct, you know, how we discipline in this situation or a choice that we make here or there. And that's what we do in the church year too. We we're constantly cycling back to those right. foundational mm-hmm. uh, stories, mm-hmm. uh, beliefs, 
you know, dogmas. We're, we're hitting those all the time. Right. And, and, to, and it, to guide our lives. It's not, I think life is that way. I mean, you, you, you have a few things that you hang your hat on in life and you keep going back and touching those. And when you lose sight of them and you, often what you find is you've kind of wandered off somewhere else and you're not there and you have to kind of come back and do it. And I thought that that would be, we thought that it would be a good time to go back and revisit those and, and maybe expand on them if, if that makes sense. And, um, and go from there. But I, I, they're the seven secrets. I hate seven secrets things, but those, I didn't know what else to say for lack of a better term. But, well, but the and it's seven, great just to have, like you said. Yeah. yeah. Not sure they're secrets, but, but um, some of them. Will, yeah. Number one sure isn't. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to read through um, the seven because this may, um, in true cash and fashion, end up to be uh, a couple of shows. <laughs> But, um, but why would you say that, Stephanie? Oh, I don't know. Mystery of parenthood experience, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Some things aren't a mystery. (laughs) (laughs) Which, by the way, you are, um, listening to Mystery of Parenthood and, uh, on this, uh, on this Tuesday, Tuesday morning. Um, all right. So, our seven secrets the first is purposeful parents know that parenting is hard. There's a shocker. (laughs) Number two, purposeful, purposeful parents keep the main thing the main thing. Number three, purposeful parents read and write mysteries. Four, purposeful parents coach. Number five, purposeful parents build scaffolds and use funnels. Number six, purposeful parents tell stories. And number seven, purposeful parents say yes. And uh, so there's our uh, there's our framework for and, and, and for I do our think discussion. As I listen to those, and I mean, you know, how you, you've done been doing it twenty years or so, parenting. You're like, how, it was about four years ago that that somebody asked me to kind of do this and talking with Stephanie. But I I really do think as I look at those those seven things have been kind of foundational or the thread that runs through when we lose sight of things, we would go back and, and revisit those. Um, this show, <laughs> if you've listened long enough, we always joke that it's, it's good therapy for us because it, it was a way of going back and, and, and touching again that which we committed to at some point in time. And I think all these have been things that we've, that we've done. So I guess we just start. Your kids are really obviously really handy around the house and in the kitchen. I mean, they use scaffolds, they use funnels, <laughs> right? That's what you're talking don't about, want, right? Yeah, there are figured. no spills in the cashing household. Oh, We're using funnels, no. baby. Yeah, you don't want me using anything. To, uh, but this is, uh, these are hopefully visuals to help us uh, kind of capture ideas in a way that maybe we can remember or at least have a vision of what they are. And, and anyway, I, the first one I think is, you know, it kind of goes without saying, but I do think that if you look around, it seems to me that parents, just in general, not not probably not the listeners here, but but in general, they look at parenting as kind of thing that gets in the way of everything else. In in many cases, yeah. uh, the, the at least that's been my my experience, and and they want it to be easy and I, therefore you know here go play this game or go get on your iPad and do this well if you're going to be purposeful if you're going to be a parent who is intending to raise someone to go out into this world i think you have to begin with parenting is hard <laughs> i mean 
it is not easy. And it's good to remember this because, because sometimes it can be very frustrating. Things don't go the way. Or you plan and do something and you think, okay, the kid's going to respond this way and the kid responds that way. And then you weren't seeing it. It's hard. And we shouldn't be surprised because the number one reason is our houses are full of sinners. <laughs> They're full of selfish sinners, parents, children, everybody. So there's there and and we're unique and unrepeatable and have our own ways of dealing with things and depending on our temperaments and our personalities. I mean, you can't just plug and play. And I think some parenting, that's the, I think some of the parenting things that I've seen before give the impression. And I know that when we were younger, we kind of were under the impression, well, okay, if you follow this this way of handling things, this formula, this formula, then it's always going <laughs> to end up nice and neat and the kids not. And, and I remember following to the letter, some of those things and our kids didn't respond that way. And we, what are we doing wrong? You know, obviously these people wouldn't be teaching this unless it worked and they say it will work and we're doing it and we're not. So either there's something wrong with us or something wrong with our child. Well, the reality is there's something with all of us <laughs> wrong with all of us. That's why parenting is hard. I mean, I, th I think if we start with that, then we can have a realistic expectation of what that means. That we, it is not all going to go as planned. It's not going to, hey, do this, and they're going to respond this way, and if you respond that way, then everything's going to be great, and your kids are all going to turn out perfect, and you know, and your marriage is going to just get better and better because of your interactions trying to parent with parent your children. I mean, there are going to be struggles over and over again. And I, I don't know if you had any thoughts on that, but I, I think it's important to remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I fell into that um, sort of that legalistic trap initially um, because there is so much information out there and boy, hiding now, we just really have so much more, we have more access to information than even when you and I were early parenting. Um, and so you, you can kind of, um, fall into that trap. And I wish as, you know, going back, if, if I could have a do over as a young mother, um, uh, you know, anything I learned, um, is that, you know, everything's a framework. Um, you know, I, I, God gave you these kids and he's going to give you the grace to raise them and you need to remember to call on that grace, right? Um, and remember that it's a it's it's a it's a very wobbly framework, and it nothing you know is is rigid and strict and works exactly um, perfectly. And so you you know just like anything you you start out with something, <laughs> and that's what I think you know when we did that growing kids God's way that was our something right. um, that we started out with and. It evolved over time, just like our journey in life. Our family has that same kind of journey that's an evolution um, because truly what works with one kid doesn't work with another. Um, that makes know, it hard, too. What, <laughs> what worked yesterday doesn't work today, but might work tomorrow. <laughs> right. So um, so it's it's to, to, to know that each day is a new day and you've got God's grace um, to, to get you through that, um, you know, and that, that your call, <laughs> your, your holy call is to be, is to try to be what God 
what God is to us, to be that example of God. And I'll never forget, Trey, and, and then I'll tack, tack into you, tap into you, um, Thaddeus, but I'll never forget one day when you came home and I was totally frustrated. And, you know, it's like you, you kind of have that self-righteous, I've been doing everything right. I'm all organized. I've got, you know, you know, going through. And the kids just aren't doing what they're supposed to do, you know. And he said, who do you think you are? And I was like, Whoa. What? <laughs> Excuse Bold me? move, brother. I was exhausted. <laughs> I didn't know what I was saying. <laughs> and I was like, what? It's like and a he, death warrant. <laughs> and he said, God, God couldn't get his own children to behave. The, let's just go back to Adam and Eve. Let's just go back to very beginning. You know? And it was like, you know, you're right. Who does things more perfectly <laughs> than God? And who do I think I am that, you know, I think I've got this formula that's going to work perfectly. So um, I guess what I'm saying is just like, be easy on yourself, pray, use each other to be sounding boards, you know, because it is hard. And, and I'm going to let you go. But one of the things I think that, that saying that it's hard, part of it is for the exact reason to say, give yourself a break. So in other words, it's not. I, I want to point out that we're not saying that like it's just tough and miserable. It's to say you're going to have hiccups. You're going to have those moments. You may even have months, years where things don't go the way you hope. It's hard. Mm. Keep persisting. Mm -hmm. Keep persevering and trusting in God's provision of the grace, and you will get there. Mm -hmm. But anyway. when you all t said that this was what the topic you wanted for, for today, and maybe the next show we'll see, I, and I said, let's see if you have any revisions to any of the secrets since you've been, you have been parenting for 25 years. It doesn't sound like you're going to have any revisions to this one, but any anything? Well, I, don't, I mean, like I said, I think that originally I put it was kind of more of a challenge to people like, okay, who do you kind of who do you think you are thinking you're just going to have kids and and you plug and play. It's kind of like the pill mentality. If I need to lose weight, take a pill. If I need to feel better, take a pill. I mean, instead of dealing and grappling with the situation, it was more of a challenge. But now as I look at it, I guess the revision is it's actually there to say, give yourself a break. <laughs> I mean, uh, Bishop Condorla was always good at, you know, hey, you may take yourself way too seriously as a parent um, because God's had plenty worse parents than you who've had kids turn out pretty okay. They're resilient. And that doesn't mean you don't keep working. What it means is, is give yourself a break when your kids don't behave, when something doesn't work, when you fail, give yourself a break, call a spade a spade. I messed that up. I didn't handle that correctly. Okay. Amen to that. Please forgive me next, but don't quit. <laughs> right. And I think that's the purposeful point, pur purposeful part. Um, we've got some really tongue twisters in here yeah. um, that, you know, is, is to be purposeful. Don't misunderstand us does not mean high intensity all the time. I mean, every moment of every day cannot be a life lesson. So, you know, you, you'll know, you'll have that, those Holy Spirit moments where you're given this opportunity um, you know, to, to, to teach your child, you know, in and through a situation. Um, so just look for those. I think that's what the purposeful means. It doesn't mean that, you know, you've got to have every minute of every day, you know, um, you know, making this kid holy. Yeah. And the, la and the last thing I would say just briefly is that, that I, 
as our parents are old enough to, I mean, our kids are old enough to where we kind of see kind of where they are. They're not, it's not done, but what I can tell you is there is a great joy. It's worth the effort. It is. So, so person, it's so worth the effort. I like all my kids. I mean, I I do. We, one of the things is not one of the secrets is we said we wanted to raise people that we wanted to be friends with when, when they were older. We, we wanted to be friends because they were responsible, because they were funny, because they were kind, because they were there when we needed them. We wanted that, and we're starting to see that within the context of their own personalities and stuff that— Hello. <laughs> time, <laughs> God calling. All right. Um, but I, but I, but the I secret say, of purposeful oh, production <laughs> of a radio show is to turn off your ringer. Hey, Could sorry about mine. that. Uh, no, it's no big You're deal. You're not perfect, Daddy. Is but you just bursted my bubble. But I, but I, <laughs> I think that you, if you mm. make the effort, trusting in God's grace, that the rewards are way better. I, my favorite things now are Christmas when they're all around, and to just sit back and watch the interaction. I, there's joy there that I've never experienced really as much as I do when I just sit there and watch and listen. And the devil wants you to second guess. I remember having so many conversations with you early on about, you know, are we doing the right thing? Are we raising him right? You know, that's, that's just, that's not of God. That is just, that is just the devil spinning his lies. Um, God gave you these kids and, you know, prayerfully and, and, you know, and, and calling on the sacrament of marriage and, and I mean, the grace in the sacrament of marriage, the grace of their baptism, um, you know, yes. use it all. It's all there at your, at your, uh, yeah, those moments yeah. are the worst of when you have those, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, and listen, you know what? I prayed that our kids got caught. That's the, I mean that, you know, you, some parents want to say, you know, oh, that, look, that's my worst failure. You know, look, look what they did. No, 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 no. You want them to be caught so that you can walk through that um, with them, uh, right. you know, and, and be that disciple alongside um, them. So, yeah, we, we laughingly, teasingly told our children, you know, we're always praying you get caught because we want to be able to, you yeah, know, to guide you and to, and to, and to deal. Because, I mean, you know, the bottom line is you cannot deal with you're not going to deal with every scenario that they're going to encounter. You know, again, you have to deal with like the, the, the pegs that you hold your, you know, you, you, you hang your hat on. Right. So, so, so now we know parenting is hard. The second one, let's keep, <laughs> keep that in front. So, cause uh, even though I wrote it, I may forget it. Uh, <laughs> th- number two, unless you had something else on that. Number two, um, keep the main thing, the main thing. Um, you have to do your quote. I think, I think, yeah, I mean, one of the kind of central to my life has been this thing, and I'm still working with it, but my parent, my uh, wife and kids for Christmas, I think this year, or maybe it was last year, got, got it for me finally, because yeah. I've been saying this forever. I couldn't believe there. I saw it. I found it. But but I now have it. Every morning I get up and I see it, which calls me. But, but one of my favorite adages is vision without action is a daydream. Action without vision is a nightmare. And... We have to have a vision for what we're doing that keeps us on track. You know, I, another thing that I think is worthwhile is I, particularly my number two child daughter, when I was teaching her how to drive, particularly on the highway, 
you know, you, you got to know how to steer and everything. But, but what I noticed was, is like, she was going back and forth between the lines and it was kind of making me crazy. And I'm like, Hey, you're paying too much attention to right in front of you. I mean, you got to watch, <laughs> keep down, keep your eyes down the road. And so you constantly to get where you're going to get from, from, you know, the next 10 steps, you have to do that. But, but to not make it so wobbly, I think the, the image is good to say, keep your eyes down the road, keep glancing up and saying, am I headed the right direction? And so keeping the main thing, the main thing was a reminder to us and a reminder to you is what is the main thing? Is the main thing for us to have kids who hop up just a minute, say, get up, you know, do this, do that. Yes, mom. Yes, dad. And always obedient. Is that the main thing? Outward obedience. You know, everybody say, man, they're great parents. Their kids do everything correct. Lee, um, that's not the main thing. The main thing we always said was we have to go after the heart of the child. We want the entire child. We don't just want obedience for obedience sake. We want obedience tied with a relationship, tied with I want you I, I, I'm disappointed when I fail you, mom and dad, or, you know, I'm doing this because I love you or I love my brother or I love my sister. We want the heart engaged because I have seen parents and I've seen situations where we, in failing on this, focus more on the outward behavior and lost the heart of the child. And I think many times we've had to go back and say, are, is what we're doing getting to their heart? Are they doing? It? And what does that? What does that? How does that play out practically? I mean, you got to show them your own heart. You got to be vulnerable. You got to have. You got to bo- both show a little bit of mercy every once in a while, you know. But you also have to show that you've been hurt by them. You have to avoid. You know, I'm I'm Irish. She's Cajun. We've talked about this. Not only do we get loud, we we have tempers. <laughs> you know, and and. And so we can lose our temper, which sometimes will shut down a child. And some of that is just going back and saying, I shouldn't have lost my temper. Here's what bothered me. I had a right to be angry. I had a right to be upset. I didn't handle it well. Here is why. And keep going after their heart. We want you to be the best you. And everything that we do, we try to do, is every decision we make, every no we say, every yes you have to, is geared towards what's best for you. And I think that's the way to their heart. If if they just perceive that you're just telling them because you're the boss of them and you don't correct that, I mean, I don't know how many times that's been said to me and I'm sure to you, mm-hmm. you know, you're, yeah, you're the, said so. <laughs> you're the boss of, you know, you're, you're, the, you're the boss. I mean, of course things are easy for you. you you've got to reframe that. You can't let them get away with that. And you can't let yourself get away with, I just want my kid to behave because I want to watch this TV show, or I want my kids to behave because I don't want to be embarrassed by my friends. I, you know, all that stuff has to go away. The main thing is, I want you to be the best, and I want you to understand that so that you know that every choice we make, we at least are attempting to help you become the best person you are. We want your heart, and your body will follow. So anyway. Yeah, and so that's when you use, um, you know, all the situations in a day, um, you know, as <laughs> I always 
I always go back to remembering talking to, to Margaret B. right when our kids were like two and three, you know, and we were having a character building day. <laughs> that was our our positive spin on. <laughs> Which, of course, Margaret always was good at having absolutely, positive spins Absolutely, absolutely. So, but it was so true. I mean, it's in and through tough situations. I mean, just think about your own life. You know, think about the times when you know it was the rubber met, meets the road kind of thing that's when you you know probably made the most changes um you know it was something that that sometimes not good that you know that happened that you know made you make some changes so i think if we look at those those opportunities <laughs> during the day um when 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 children are, are fussing with each other, when they won't share, when they won't, um, you know, when they won't obey, um, uh, you know, when they, when they talk back. I mean, there's all kinds of virtuous words that you can attach and, and, and use those words. Use that language with them um, because then you're taking one situation and you're making it universal, you know. Um, that when you, when you talk about, you know, being kind to someone, um, and and sharing, I mean, those, those things, when you tie them to a a different situation, but you're using the same language, it's helping them to make connections. And that's, what's going to help them in the future. You know, they're going to have all those, it's kind of like dot to dots, you know? Um, I remember my father telling me a lot when I was growing up, I want you to be a better man than I am. Mm -hmm. I remember hearing that and thinking, First, wow! I mean, how how could I be? I mean, how, aren't you? Don't you? You I mean you're you know you're everything, or you're you're the right. perfect right man. But I guess what I learned as I got older, it showed me that you know he understood that there were parts of himself that were incomplete, or that he wasn't satisfied with, or that he knew needed to be. better. And so he was trying to burnish those parts in me and he wasn't coming, he wasn't approaching things from a, from a stance of, well, I'm perfect. So you need to model yourself after me. He, it was a, no, I am trying to hold myself to an objective standard standard Mm -hmm. beyond either you or me. Mm And I, and I think I think that's that's an important point with regard to how how you approach it. There there can be a pride level, particularly if your kids do behave really well, and, and if you run a show like this or whatever, and hey, you know, your kids really, you you need if the main thing is the main thing. It's not that every, you have everybody thinking that you've figured it out and your kids are perfect. The main thing is you have to be given those opportunities where teaching it's a teachable moment. Well, if you're praying that the main thing be the main thing, then count on the fact that you're going to be humbled. <laughs> no matter what you do, you're going to be found in a situation where your kid does not respond in the way that you hoped. And the last thing that you need to do is be prideful and angry and say, hey, look, <laughs> I'm not perfect. Uh, I mean, I've tried to tell my kids I'm not. Uh, I've, I've said before, I mean, not too long ago, I, I in a, in a, fit of anger about a situation. I said something. I knew I was saying it. 
it wasn't a little bit of being angry, but I was trying to make a point and catch their attention. Well, I got their attention, but it kind of threw them off a loop because they're like, Dad, you never say stuff like that. I can't believe that you would say something like that. And I realized I'd crossed a line even though I was being purposeful. So you can be purposeful and fail. And the first thing after they said, I, I mean, they it just it stopped everything because like, wait a second. You, I can't believe you just said what you said. Again, folks, this is when Trey yeah. said Giga Maggie's <laughs> in his own home. And the kids were just like, what? But, I mean, it stopped everything, and then it became about me at that point. I, 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 don't, I don't know what kind of world I live in. My dad, would, I, I never would have envisioned. And I was like, hey, listen, let's just back up a second. I am a sinner. I am not perfect. If you haven't seen enough of me failing, this is just one of many and you've missed out, or maybe you've given me the benefit of the doubt, <laughs> or maybe you've given me the benefit of the doubt, and there have been things that I've Strap failed Strap in. On. There's a lot more to come. Right. I'm just older. saying, like, so So sometimes if you're keeping the main thing the main thing, I think you can be tempted as a parent to say, I want my kids to think I'm perfect. Mm-hmm. I want my kids to think that I could never do wrong. Mm-hmm. I think if you do that, then they can't say, well, I can be like him. You know, and you want them to not be just like you. You want them to be better than you, but you at least want to be a target towards which they head and right. pass. Right. And so, so if you make yourself out to be this perfectness, then they're going to be like many. You know, you know, you, they're going to say, "Well, I could never be like him." That is not what you want. You want them to see the places where you mess up and even call yourself out on it, so that they can say. Oh, dad's just a, he's a regular guy. Certainly somebody I want to attain to, but, but I can do that if that makes sense. So the main thing being the main thing means I'm not going to focus on the pride that I might have in my kids behaving or that I'm going to take them out and my kids are going to know how to do everything right. And everybody's going to go, wow, well, you, do you have a radio show? You know? <laughs> I mean, you know, stuff like that. I don't, that can't be the main thing. <laughs> So anyway, you guys must have a radio show. Your kids are saying, okay. um, I guess another aspect of the keeping the main thing, the main thing is you have to, you have to keep in mind that the whole point of the whole thing is to get your spouse to heaven, mm-hmm. to get your children. To heaven. Yes, absolutely. And you have to keep, you have to look at the life of our Lord and you have to look at the trials of the people of Israel that, you're going to have suffering. Yep. You're going to be in the wilderness. You're going to be in the desert. Yep. You better you know, just be expect that. Mm-hmm. I, I think and, and we do a disservice to our kids to protect them from. I mean, there are things you need to protect them from. But I mean, the main thing being the main thing means that to get to their heart, God will provide you with those opportunities. And part of that is to walk them through suffering. Part of that is to walk them through the times when they fail. Part of that is to walk with them, carrying, helping them carry the cross that whatever has been put there. And, and, you know, it can be a very small thing. <laughs> you know, one thing I would say is when they're young, they'll have, in your, they'll have an event that seems like the end of the world to them. And we can be tempted to turn to them and say, it's really not that big of a deal. I don't think that's necessarily the response that you should have. You say, yeah, that, that, that's, that's awful. And then you can reframe it later, but at the moment, be there with them carrying that cross 
you, you as a parent know, okay, you struck out, you're going to forget about this in, you know, a day. But right now it seems like the end of the world. Don't, don't have the answer be, look, get over it. It's not that big a deal. Enter into the moment with them, even though you know it's a small deal, and, and have them know that you're characterized by somebody who can get in there. Well, and that's them. part of building the relationship. Absolutely. absolutely. You know? Yeah. I yeah. mean, because that's, you know, just like with anything, um, and especially, you know, with our faith. I mean, it, it's it's all about relationship. Um, and That's where the relationships happen. Right. Is right. in those moments. You think about right. anybody because you're Because that close builds to. trust. That builds, I mean, you know, it, it all just unfolds um, upon itself. And, and it's over time. I know we've always kind of said... Um, you know, the whole quantity versus quality argument <laughs> is the quality is found in the quantity of time <laughs> that you're present and available to your kids. I mean, you know, you, you, you never know when that moment is going to come. Right. Um, and that's, that is, that's part of the deal is that, you know, you could sit here and lecture to them and say, okay, tonight we're going to have a 20 minute lecture, take notes on this is what I want to teach you. The ones that stick are when that moment occurs and you recognize it as a teachable moment and you enter into that moment with them in love. And I, and I think that that's because going after the heart of the child ultimately does mean what we want is a relationship with our child, (laughs) a relationship with them. We want them to want a relationship and know that they have a relationship with us. And, that's what getting to the heart is, a, a real relationship, not a master-slave relationship, but a father-son, mother-daughter, mother-son, father-daughter relationship. Um, I think that that's critical. To I, that. I think your analogy of being in that difficult moment with them and carrying the cross with them is really good because that that helps keep things in proper perspective when if you're if Simon of Cyrene was carrying the Lord's cross with him he wasn't going to change the fact he wasn't changing the fact that Christ was still going to Calvary and going to be crucified right he was just get, getting him there helping him to achieve his purpose helping him to do his you know salvific work but he wasn't changing the fact that he was going to have to go through that suffering and that's the same thing that we have to I think accept as parents is that mm-hmm. we're not going to you know, you, you know, you messed up and we're in a, let's say in a car accident, you, you, I'm not going to change. I'm not going to pay for the repairs for you. You're going to have to work and right. get those things done yourself or it's going to come out of your, but you know, but, you but can't so, say, can't, not saving our children from, from bad things but that for, for to them. That example that you're giving the time to talk about, I'm not going to do that is not in the moment of their suffering. Right. It's you enter into it. I'm so sorry. I wish that wouldn't happen. And then after that's been clear that you care about them at some point, find that the one I think what popped into my head was when Madison didn't make the, the dance company, the junior dance company Mm -hmm. and all Mm -hmm. her friends did. And I can remember finding out right after mass at, at church here and her crying and Stephanie going back in there and them both crying together and them being there, her, all her friends had made it and she hadn't. And the first step was 
they just entered into that moment. Mm-hmm. I'm here. And then afterwards, Stephanie said, you've got one of two options. You can say, and honestly, we were like, we don't really care which one what option, but we gave her the option. You can either, maybe dancing is not what you're meant to do. Find something else. Or if it is, let's learn from this. And, you know, how do you do that? Well, hey, let's go talk to the teacher and find out why didn't you make it and what do I need to work on so that the next time it happens? Well, you know, now you look at her and, you know, she made the rangerette. She became, I mean, she's done that. And I still point back to that moment when she made a decision and her failure was not, she didn't have to identify with her failure. She knew she had a mom and dad who cared, but she also knew that she had a mom and dad who weren't going to leave her in that moment. She was going to move forward from that, whatever direction that was. Well, guess what? That's life. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that is life. So in sixth grade, she learned a life lesson that I think has carried her forward. Well, why do we know? Well, we were there in that moment. So you have to have your antennas up, so to speak, saying, when is that moment when I'm going to actually be able to enter into her heart or his heart? Because they're going to have to open up in sadness or in whatever. And you don't, well, you should have worked harder. Don't let that be the first <laughs> Yeah, don't let that be the first word out of your mouth. Just enter into the moment so that you can get to their heart and then flow from that. Hey, this is what we can learn from this after the, after that's gone. But if you're always the one that the minute something bad happens or whatever, your first reaction is, well, you shouldn't have done that or da 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 da, whatever, then they're going to not open up to you. Or as you've said on other things, your first response is, oh, that dance coach doesn't know what she's talking about. <laughs> right. She's crazy. Or that too. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You're anyway. perfect. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Neither. See so a lot of that. again, seeing the assumption, the assumption was, okay, they made a good, they made the right decision. We're not saying exactly. I didn't even thought about that, but that is true. You have to be able to say the great people out there. You, I, Kobe Bryant was talking about, you know, everybody tried to tell me when I wasn't starting as a first year in pro basketball that the coaches didn't know and he needed to be traded. And his response was, no, I need to be so good that nobody will keep me on the bench. So don't tell me that I need to move. I need to work harder so I can get there. Now, you want to instill that in your that's children. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's Kobe Bryant. He said, because I'm the biggest – barrier to me becoming who I'm meant to be, which again, he's totally accountable. You want to raise kids that way, I think. So don't protect them, but know that don't, don't not protect them. I guess what I'm saying, you got to enter into the moment and then go forward. So go after the heart anyway. All right. So that was number two. Did y'all doubt that this was going to go into more than one show? Well, hopefully it's all been good. <laughs> I mean, I think it's good for us. We're just, you know, it's down to the it's last It's mostly been my, my interjections that have <laughs> made things longer. So, so number three. Sorry. Not at all. Purposeful parents read and write mysteries. <laughs> well, I think this gets to the, to the heart of the matter being that there is a, there is a visible and an invisible component to um, parenting. There's a spiritual and a material. There's the rubber meets the road. Hey, I got to do my homework. And then there's the spiritual aspect of how do I handle, you know, various struggles. So mystery is at the center of it from the standpoint of, you know, as we've talked about, mysterion is the Greek word 
that we from which we it's translated in Latin sacramentum, which points us to when you hear in mass, you know, celebrating these mysteries, that's all pointing to this reality that there is a invisible life and a and a visible life, and we have to always um, work towards doing that. So read, you know, reading them is recognizing our child as a child of God who is, you know, baptized, has a soul and has, um, a call from God that we need to be able to read the mystery. We need to be able to kind of as parents say, Hey, I see these talents and gifts and, and the like, and therefore I'm going to help foster this or point our child that direction. I don't know what I, No, and the church gives us so, so many. I mean, you know, you have to balance that that mystery and, and our faith with the tangibles that the church right. has given us. And so, you know, I, I think I know we've talked about this numerous times, but, you know, have statues in your in your I mean, yes. we're, we're all domestic churches. Um, have statues, saint statues, you know, crucifixes in, in, you know, in, in every room. I mean, those are the kind of things that the visible, you know, intangible things that we can use um, to tie situations and stories. Um, novenas, uh, that's been a huge tangible in our home when we've had, a, you know, a, a, a big unknown or a big prayer request. And, and don't forget to include your kids in that tangible process. And, uh, you know, again, we, we have started and it was only recently, of course now it's probably been like six or seven years recently, but um, we pray very specifically so that you can see how God answers and, and talk to your kids about how God answered that prayer. And he's done everything from answering it some of our financial <laughs> prayers to the penny. Um, and then, you know, and then beyond, um, I mean, there's things that, that, you know, he, the way he's answered prayers was way bigger than what we were praying for. Um, so don't forget to include your kids in those processes. Those are habits, um, you know, that you want them to, to, um, you know, to be instilled in them. You're making those little deposits and those are, those are habits that you want to be instilled in them. It's kind of like when I talk about, you know, I, I remember having an epiphany one day, um, when I was angry about not being able to have my quiet time cause kids were up and blah, 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 you know? And so it's, it was like, you know, it was like, wait a minute, how about you have your quiet time? Obviously not the most quality quiet time when all six kids are up, but how about you still do your quiet time so your kids see what that looks like, you know? Um, so, I mean, you know, you can't just tell them, you know, go pray in your room. I mean, you know, so, um, again, those are all tangible. I mean, the church gives us so many tangibles. Um, but but I think use. I think it's so important that we, that we, throughout their being raised, that we let them know that when we're praying they're there, that we remind them they're angels <laughs> – about us, that there's this invisible side to everything in life and that when things happen, we don't need to overanalyze, but we have to recognize when things happen that, well, I wonder if God is asking you to do this or change that. And, and so you're reading them as things happen. You're, you're looking for, okay, God's at work in us. I mean, we're stewards of our children. They're God's children. (laughs) So, so our job is just to help to be aware that, okay, God may be acting in this child or in this moment 
or in this circumstance in a way to try to redirect them or, or get them to open their eyes? Are we helping the child associate, hey, God's at work in your life. So maybe this could mean that. That's part of the mysterious part. That's part of the reading, like recognizing it, and writing in terms of just showing them, hey, maybe this is it. Let's, let's, let's see. You're going to write out this mystery. You know, that, that, what, what the invisible is doing, what God's doing, take this next step and let's see what he does with, with that. So that the, when they grow older, they can recognize that. I mean, I think, again, this is another fruit in talking to, to my daughter. You know, I can hear her saying things that I'm like, I ne- we never sat down, I think taught it, but like, you know, she said, you know, I recognize often most time God seems to be talked to me through other people. You know, he, I, that I, I'm so as a 20, whatever year old, I'm, I'm saying, man, you know, thank God that she's actually thinking that way, that God may be speaking through this person or that person or this circumstance and directing me another way. Um, that's part of the reading and writing mysteries. You, you constantly have to be pointed to that. And again, from the very beginning, when you do sacramental prep, those are great. Op- that's how God does it. It looks like a piece of bread. It's Jesus, right? That when the priest says, I absolve you from sin, sounds like it's Father Brian. It's Jesus, right? Well, the same thing goes beyond that. When a teacher says this or, hey, have you ever thought about doing this? That's something we pull up alongside them again and say, hey, God may be asking you to do this or change that, but he's working in your life. There's this invisible aspect that is happening in and through the visible, tangible things. Yeah, I think that um, to go back to something Stephanie said earlier, like the flip side of you can't make every single moment (laughs) a teachable moment is I think part of this is that um, you have to be looking for moments that they might not see have meaning in them, you know, big grand meaning. Right. And you draw that meaning out for, for them. And you say, you see what's, what you're learning here is this is setting you up for this part of your life, or this isn't, you know, this is a type for this aspect of the spiritual life or, or whatnot, or you're not man. You don't, you don't, again, it's like everything else. You're not manufacturing it. You're, you're, you have the antenna up to say, so like, you know, but you're looking at it through the practical things that are happening. Like, so if a kid has a particular gift and it becomes apparent that something is easy for them, then, and again, this is part of the excitement that they have and you need to build in them. Hey, have you ever thought because you have this gift that maybe God wants you to look at that? I'm not saying that's what it is because I don't know, but the mere fact that you're really good at anatomy and physiology, maybe he wants you to be a doctor. I don't know. Maybe he wants you to be a nurse. I have zero idea, but that should, you should be excited about that. God, God given you a gift. It's not something that everybody's picking up that easily. That that's another way of you're not, you're building relationship. You're, you're writing a mystery. You're getting them excited about, Hey, and I, and again, I, I send this out often and I think every parent should do it, but Every once in a while, I'll send something and say, I am so excited to see what God, God's got great plans for your life, and I cannot wait to see him do it. 
and I and well, I'm so excited to see that you're being you're honoring him by your actions, by how hard you study, how hard you work. Just little texts. Okay, there's lots of bad things about these phones, <laughs> but one of the great things is you can immediately deliver a message to your child in a in a you know, 40 words or 20 words or whatever the right number is that says God loves you. He's got a plan. I'm so excited to see that unfold. They should hear that relative regularly from you because it's true. I mean, that is the truth. And if you're not doing that, I challenge you to do it. Just when they pop into your head, say, I'm going to send a text. How long does it take to type? I mean, for me, it takes longer because of big old fat thumbs, but, (laughs) but, but, but some people can whittle through, just send a quick text. Love you. Thinking about you. God loves you more. He's got a great plan. Can't wait to see it unfold. Get after it, you know, and, that takes no time. And you've got this great tool that, you know, many people badmouth, but I think it is a great tool to stay in touch. Absolutely. Well, and, and it's what the, you know, you're using what the kids are using. So, you know, um, they'll, they'll get it. I mean, you know, use it, use it for those kinds of things. I mean, we always think that we have to use it for. <laughs> so central to that, that the reading and writing mysteries is, is this idea of, connecting the visible and invisible and and making sure that they know that there's more going on than than just what we see there's more things happening and so pray novena specifically help include them do that have you know crucifixes and and other things um, that point to the reality that pray the rosary is pray the rosary as a family mm-hmm. and and have it recognized we're not just saying words we are conversing with the with God we are conversing with Mary our mother we are we are all you know with Jesus and we're, ta- and we're taking little moments from our Lord's life and we're th- and we're thinking, thinking about, about what do they mean what's the what's the meaning yeah, of this what's the right. grand so th- those are I mean so all those rosary learning about the sacraments when sacramental prep it's all pointing towards that so I, I again those are the three that we're going to get through here because we're drawn to a close. But, but I think if you, if you take those nuggets, remember parenting is hard, give yourself a break because parenting is hard, but work at it and you'll have great joy. Keep the main thing, the main thing you want a relationship with your child. You want their heart. And then number three, right mysteries, connect the invisible with the visible, the tangible stuff. And I think if, if you try to implement any one of those, uh, you're there, but All right, so our uh, memory verse for today is from uh, Hebrews 12, 11. And it says, Now discipline always seems painful rather than pleasant at the time, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So there's the... Some great nuggets in in there because it and and when I think of painful sometimes as 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 I, I never understood that statement. This is going to hurt me way more than it hurts you. <laughs> as a parent now, I understand that. But also extend it beyond <laughs> that. I think the discipline meaning that when you see a hard time for them, pull up alongside and disciple them. Yes. You know, point them the direction, redirect them, point them there. Right. So. Right. So Hebrews uh, twelve eleven. Remember. Only God can help you take the mystery out of parenthood. Pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. Pray for us. We're praying for you. 
God bless. God bless. Oh, uh-huh.